welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about creatine. I've gotten so many questions on this. So I'm just going to really, I mean, kind of excited to break this down into what creatine is, what it's not. Some people are like, steroid, it's not. (laughs) So I do want to talk about what it actually is, the benefits, who it's best for, when to use it, do you need it, safety, uh, all of that good stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Um, I do, though, want to share this past week has been kind of funny. I had to laugh so hard at your guys' response to a story that I posted recently about breaking up with my husband as my my workout buddy. So, So what happened was... I went to Colorado for some training in program design. And I was there with some women that I absolutely love. And it was really inspiring lifting with them and seeing how strong they were. And I just realized, wow, I've kind of fallen into a slump recently where I'm just going to the gym. I'm just going through the motions and I've I've got to get out of it. And I loved lifting with them. They were super high intensity. Everybody was there just to work hard. And so I I came home and I convinced my husband that, that he wanted to be my lifting partner. So for those of you who don't know, my husband, Alex, has been lifting for years and years and years. And he's done bodybuilding shows and he always does great in them, usually like first or second place. And he's totally natural. He's just like really inspiring to me. So I thought, (laughs) I love my husband. Surely I will love lifting with him. (laughs) After like a week, (laughs) I, I was just kind of dying. Like I do not like lifting with people. And so I needed to convince him that I was just, you know, I wanted him to break up with me kind of thing. Like maybe it'll be easier if he breaks up with me. What do I say to him? And I just was dying at the response that I got from you guys on social media and how I was really shocked at how divided everybody was. Like, Half of y'all are like me where it's like, I don't want to talk. I am not going to be somebody fun to lift with. I just want to put my music in and I want to work hard. And now the whole point of me getting Alex to lift with me was I felt like I needed somebody there to push, push, push me. But what I kind of realized was I needed to show up for myself that him showing up wasn't going to make me push myself harder. And so for me, <laughs> I I shared like a list of breakup lines. Like maybe I should tell him I'm just like, it's not, it's not you, it's me. It's I'm just not ready for this kind of commitment. I'm not ready for this kind of relationship. <laughs> so <laughs> I did tell him finally, I'm like, look, to be honest, I don't like chatting. Like I don't want to talk during my lifts. I just want to put my music in. And he goes, me too. (laughs) So I'm 
I'm so, it was a mutual breakup, guys. It was mutual. It ended up being great. We're still best friends and married. So, so everything's all good. But it was really funny getting your guys' feedback. And so many of you, I was actually really surprised. I got a few people writing me saying, I thought I was weird because most women love going to classes and lifting together. And I don't want to lift with anybody. And I have had people reach out to me saying like, if you ever want someone to lift with, and I'm like, bless you. I love you. This is not you. It's me. And the answer is no. Like (laughs) you will not like lifting with me. I'm not really chatty. And somebody, when I said that on on Instagram, somebody wrote in and was like, that surprises me. You seem like such a chatty person. You know, when one of my clients met me, she said that she's like, you are exactly how you are online, except for you talk less. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I actually, I like listening to people when I talk to them. I like hearing their stories and I like, and I don't want to just run my mouth for the whole conversation, right? I like it to be a mutual thing. And also I am pretty introverted. And so podcasting is kind of safe for me. Instagram, showing up on Instagram, it's it's kind of safe for me. It doesn't actually pull a lot of energy out of me. Okay, can we talk about introvert, extrovert for a minute here? I know you guys are here for creatine, but let me just state this. <laughs> a lot of people think that being an introvert means you don't like people. I've had people say that before, like, but you seem to like people. How are you an introvert? I'm like, being an introvert has nothing to do with whether I like somebody or not. That's ridiculous. That's a personality thing, whether you like people or not. I love people and I I love connecting with people. I feel like it makes life worth living, really. So what they've actually found with introverts is that it's not that they don't like people. It's just that their recovery after they have spent a lot of time talking with people, they need a heightened recovery because they have less dopamine receptors. And so we get overwhelmed by like, I don't think people realize that when that when you are in social settings, it's like a dopamine hit. But for introverts, it's an overload. For my husband, who's an extrovert, he goes to a party and he is just heightened by it. He loves people just as much as I do. We both really, really love people and connecting with people. But he is um, exhilarated by it. I'm exhausted by it. And I, I love the research that's come out showing that introverts, they just have, we get overwhelmed because we have less dopamine receptors. And so... When people are often shocked when they uh, meet me in person because I I don't talk a lot. I just kind of sit there and listen. And I figure if they want to hear what I think, that they'll ask me. (laughs) So, But social media is kind of a safe place because I'm not overwhelmed as much by social interaction. Podcasting is rather safe because I'm not overwhelmed by it, right? So anyways, that's just some little education on extrovert versus introvert. People often think that introverts don't like talking, um, that they don't connect with people, that they don't, they're not social. And those, that's not it at all. All of that is a personality thing. Introverts, we just, yeah, we just kind of need more recovery time and we get overwhelmed by social settings a little bit more than others. So um, they found that most public speakers 
are introverts. Some of the best sales in uh, people are introverts. So there's a lot of misconceptions about that. Anyways, okay, <laughs> you're, you're not here to hear about how I broke up with my husband <laughs> as, as a gym partner, but it was kind of funny listening to people say like, I thought I was weird because I don't like working out with women and women are always asking me to like run with them and to lift with them. And it's like, no, this is my me time. This is my sacred time where I get quiet time. And and it's true. Like as a mom, and you guys know I homeschool. I'm around my kids all the time. My daughter was telling me, I think we need more family time. And me and my husband looked at each other and we're like, are you kidding me? Like we, we need less. We're around each other all the time. So anyways, the gym really for me is like this sacred time that I just, I love like this me time where I can get in my own head. But I did finally realize it's not that I need a gym partner to push me. It's I need to show up for myself. I need to push myself. And I was really kind of falling into this kind of just going through the motions. I think we all do. And so I just want to encourage you guys to look at, have you been tracking your lifts? Like I was tracking my lifts, but I was kind of like, oh, I'm still doing like, oh, I can't. I was holding myself back. I was pretty much telling myself I'm giving my full effort but I really wasn't. And so showing up at that um, that practical in Colorado, learning about program design, then going on the gym floor and working with people who are honestly a lot stronger than I am. And I, it was just really encouraging. But I also realized, man, I'm not pushing myself like I could. So lifting with Alex, I thought was a need, but now I'm realizing, no, I just need to do a better job of pushing myself. And it has been incredible this past uh, two weeks. Almost all of my lifts have gone up. Like I cannot believe how I've just been kind of letting things slide. And um, I'm now lifting uh, with 20s for my lateral raises. Um, that's a new one for me. Before it was like 17 and a half pounds and and maybe I could do a few reps for with a 20, but now having 20s in both hands and doing lateral raises, um, my leg press is moving back up. My um, RDLs, I thought I was stuck for a while. It was just a total mental block. It, that's what it was. It was a total mental block. And so I want to encourage you, are you are you suffering from that mental block? And I think that this is important when we talk about creatine too, because oftentimes people think that creatine is kind of this amazing supplement that's going to make up for lack of effort in the gym. And it's not going to, it's not going to at all. In fact, when people reach out to me and say, because if you have followed me for a while on Instagram, you know that I'm kind of a supplement junkie. I love supplements. I love taking them. I love learning about them. And I love understanding their place. They're not some magic pill. They're just kind of the cherry on top of the sundae is kind of what I think. But you still need like the, you still need the ice cream. You still need like the chocolate. You still need all of that good stuff right? That's what really is going to make the Sunday. And then um, supplements are just kind of that cherry on top of already good nutrition and programming. So when people ask me, should I start 
using supplements, I always go back to how's your training? Is your training on point? Is it optimized training? Or are you just kind of going through the motions? How's your nutrition? Is your nutrition on point? Or are you just kind of sort of going through the motions, kind of sort of eating healthy, kind of sort of tracking, or is it really on point? So when all of those things, that's actually why I don't like talking on social media about supplements, because I feel like majority of people don't need supplements. Majority of people need to do the basics. That's what they really need to do. And majority of people will find when they do the basics, as far as mindset, as far as training and nutrition, then they actually don't even need to go down uh, the supplement route. It's only somebody who's really into this that really wants to, um, I don't know, make sure that all of the ducks are lined up, right? So general population, I usually, when I'm working with general population clients, we usually don't even talk about supplements, right? It's not a need for them. It is not a need. I cannot emphasize that enough. So with that as the foundation for this conversation, now let's talk about creatine. So creatine, what is it? Let's start there. What is it? Well, it's a molecule that's produced in the body, primarily made in the liver, although a little bit is made in the kidneys and uh, pancreas as well, but to a far lesser extent. Creatine is used to help recharge your energy stores. For example, we have something called ATP. It's often referred to as the body's fuel source or energy. Its long name is adenosine triphosphate. So tri, because that, that symbolizes three, right? So it has three phosphates. So that's important because during intense exercise or contractions, a phosphate will be removed and that breaking, uh, when it breaks off, uh, energy is then released and the ATP is then converted, converted to ADP, adenosine diphosphate. We need another phosphate to convert back to ATP. So during recovery, that's usually what happens. Now creatine exists in cells as creatine phosphate. Oh, that's cool. That's cool to know. Now a phosphate from creatine is donated to ADP to regenerate back to ATP. So by increasing the pool of cellular phosphocreatine or saturating the muscles by taking a creatine supplement, we can then quickly recycle and think of it as uh, recovering quicker between sets and even intra sets. So it's really important, right? But, but like I said before, it helps you maybe push into deeper into sets and recover quicker in between sets. But if you mentally are not taking yourself to like the intensity levels that you need to, if you're holding yourself back mentally, creatine's not going to make up for that. I think that that's really, really, really important to understand. Some people actually think that, oh, just taking creatine will increase my muscles. Mm, that's not true. It just helps you so that you can push yourself harder and you can build more muscle. But once again, if 
training isn't on point, if nutrition isn't on point, then supplementing with creatine is not going to help that much, which is why I say lay the foundation first, right? Lay the foundation first, know how to train smart, work hard in the gym, get your nutrition on point. And then, and then it's beneficial to add creatine. With lifting weights, creatine has been shown a modest increase in lean mass. Without lifting weights, it's not going to help you much, right? So what about anaerobics? Like what about running? Well, studies have actually been mixed on this one, but generally we do see some small improvements in performance as well. Now, there has been some talk a lot recently about creatine uh, helping reduce mental fatigue. So some mental benefits, even in situations where people are sleep deprived, it's helping them fight that reduced mental fatigue. And some studies have also shown improvements in memory. We need more studies on that one though. And, but that is just something interesting to know, right? Now, once again, we're going to talk about this. Do you need it? Well, no one needs supplements unless their diet is really poor. But in which case, like I already said, we lay the foundation first. Our main goal should always be lifestyle. Um, And that includes a diet full of nutrient-dense foods. We talk a lot about macronutrients. Oftentimes people forget that there are micronutrient needs to building muscle and to staying in a healthy place as we uh, drop body fat too. So if the goal is fat loss, um, micronutrients need to be on point as well. We don't just want to say, well, I'm hitting my macros. That's great. You can hit your macros with Snickers and with protein shakes. But you're not going to feel your best. You're going to be more hungry um, versus somebody who's choosing more micronutrient-dense foods, whole foods. They're going to feel less hungry during a cut, and they're going to feel better. So macros are important, but micronutrients are as well. And there have been some studies showing that during calorie deficits, when women have lost their periods, that not an increase in calories, but just an increase in micronutrients and even supplements, they were able to get their periods back. So I like, you know, cookies just as much as the next person. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm pretty hardcore about the 80-20 rule. I love 80% whole foods and I love my 20% fun foods. It keeps me sane. But if you are 80% fun foods and 20% whole foods, you are going to feel a lot worse during a calorie deficit. The likelihood of you maintaining the calorie deficit will be far lower and the likelihood of you maintaining the fat loss after um, when you go back up to maintenance and you stop tracking will be far um, lower as well. So we need to establish that lifestyle, that 80-20 rule. Now, there are different types of creatine out there, but honestly, creatine monohydrate is the most well-known and researched, and it is the least expensive And it's shown to be just as effective, if not more so than any other. So I always say, guys, just creatine monohydrate is the best. I use bulk supplements. Uh, You can just get it on Amazon, pretty inexpensive. 
uh, and it and it works great. Now, another question I often get is, do you need to load it? Um, because oftentimes people say, um, you know, usually when we take creatine, we take three to five grams a day. People in the past have said, well, you need a loading phase where you take 10 to 15 grams, really load and saturate your muscles, and then you can go down to um, the three to five. I don't like having people load it for a few reasons. One, um, there can be some safety concerns with that one. That's usually when people start getting stomach cramps. You can get stomach cramping with uh, taking even the lower, the regular dosage of three to five grams if you don't have enough water. So when people are loading and they're doing 10 to 15 or even higher and they're not getting enough water for that amount, um, then they can experience some cramping. And the likelihood of diarrhea and nausea can occur from those larger loading periods. So I, you, And you don't need it. I don't believe that you need it. From what I've seen in studies, you don't need it. There aren't long-term any real big benefits. So taking the three to five grams a day is going to be sufficient for you. Just remember, if you do get any stomach cramping, increase your water. You're not getting enough water. That's a great sign to you to do that. If you do get diarrhea and nausea at five grams, lower it to even two to three grams and you should be fine. Now, what about weight gain on creatine? We are going to talk about safety as far as kidneys go, but I'm going to hold off on that. I'm going to jump to weight gain. This is one that I'm going to be very direct with because somebody out there needs to hear it. There is weight gain, but remember weight gain is not fat gain. You don't put on body fat when you start taking creatine. You may see an increase in the scale due to water weight, water weight retention. As creatine is being saturated and there needs to be more water in the cells to hold that, like you may see that. Most of us do. If you lose your mind over that, you have no business being in fitness. You, it is a huge red flag that you have some body dysmorphia issues that need to be handled and need to be taken care of, possibly with a therapist, before you start going down the rabbit hole of fitness. I've said this a million times, health is for everybody. Everybody should, should show up, try to be their healthiest selves. Fitness is a little different and fitness and health can cross over, right? You can be a, the fittest, healthiest person. You can also be a really, really fit person who's very unhealthy in body and mind, right? We see this a lot when women are trying to stay in too low of body fat and people see them in the gym and they're like, whoa, you look so shredded. You're amazing. And they're probably like, they may not even know it, but they're actually in their mind and body very unhealthy. So the fittest person in the gym does not mean they are the healthiest person in the gym. And my stance is I want to be fit and healthy. I don't want to lose my mind. I don't want to lose my healthy relationship with my body and with um, my strength and with food just for a six pack. That would be really sad at the end of the day. That would be a big failure for me. So if you lose your mind at the thought of the scale moving up, due to water weight retention, I would say that fitness is not for you. 
It really does take a special mind to be able to go into being really lean, to fluctuate in and out of that, to going into bills, to going to maintenance, all of that. It really does. I'm not going to sugarcoat it to make somebody feel better. It takes a special mind. And I'm more concerned about people's healthy minds and bodies than I am about getting anybody to see their delts or their six pack. Because at the end of the day, a healthy mind and body is the most important thing. Um, And a six pack should be sacrificed at the cost of a healthy mind and body, not the other way around. So I'm just going to say, if you have a problem with it, fitness is not for you. Health is for you. Great. Stay your healthiest self. Go to the gym, lift weights, work hard. But trying to get your shredded to a shredded state, a leaner state may not be right for you. Okay. So now let's go back to kidneys because this is a question that I get a lot. Is it safe for kidneys? Is creatine safe for kidneys? So the process of recycling ADP back to ATP that we talked about earlier, one of the byproducts is creatinine. Now, creatinine, the kidneys excrete creatinine and they they clear it out. So when doctors use blood work to see if the kidneys are healthy, they will measure creatinine levels. And if they are too high, then usually it can it can be a sign that your kidneys aren't doing their job in clearing that out. And supplement, supplementing creatine can increase your t- creatinine levels. But there is a lot of debate of this, okay? Is this really an indication of kidney damage? Some people are like, it's not a for sure sign, but pretty much everyone do, agrees that it can be a marker coupled with other things, right? But in the end, many studies have found that supplementing three to five grams of creatine a day obviously is going to increase creatine levels, but that it doesn't impair kidney health with people with healthy kidneys. Now we have short and long-term studies showing that, that with healthy kidneys, even though creatinine levels are, are raised with supplementing with creatine, that it's okay. Now, with people who have kidney issues. It is interesting that short-term studies have shown no negative effects or declines even in kidney functions when they've had these individuals supplement with creatine. But keep in mind, these are short-term studies. And we don't have any long-term studies showing that people with kidney issues in the long-term using creatine is healthy. We don't have those studies. We only have short-term. So you have to be aware of that and make wise decisions based off of that information. So some people will say, well, it's okay then for short-term periods, like 12 weeks, I should be fine. And then other people are are like, why though? Why take a chance? Why take a chance? If you don't need it, if you can get a lot of results just from lifestyle 
training nutrition, then why take a chance? And that's kind of where I stand on it, to be honest. Now, if you have healthy kidneys and you want to start diving into supplements, creatine is the most researched supplement out there. It is the safest. It is the place to start. And it's the most effective. Now, when to take creatine uh, during, and what I mean by that, well, I guess there's two times to talk about this because people are asking me like, do I only take it during a build? Do I take it during fat loss phases too? Like when do I take it? As far as fitness phases of maintenance, uh, build, fat loss, I say always, always take it. So in the long term, the performance benefits that creatine has on resistance training, like being a key factor in preserving muscle mass in an energy deficit, right? Because if you're trying to lose body fat, you're going to be in a, an energy or calorie deficit and performance benefits that creatine has will help you maintain muscle and improve aesthetics of your physique during a cut. So it's not just for muscle building phases. In my opinion, if you're going to go down the supplement route, it's just like always do it. So you do take it every single day, not just on training days. And when people ask me the best time to take it during the day, I always say the time that you're going to remember. <laughs> like that literally is the best time. When are you going to remember? Because remember, it's all about saturation. Um, so when is the best time? On training days, for me, the best time is going to be post. Usually your muscle cells are a little bit more, um, they're going to, they're going to, their ability to uptake nutrients and creatine is going to be heightened. And so I just have it in my post-workout. Um, if you don't do a post-workout shake, you can do it intra and that's completely fine. Um, if you do like an intra drink or later on during the day when you do um, your your protein shake, throw it in there. I still take it on days that I don't lift. Sadly, sometimes I forget, but it's not the end of the world. Okay, it's going to be fine. We're looking at consistency over time that always trumps everything else, right? It always wins. So consistency over time. So in conclusion to talking about creatine, I think it's really, really important that uh, once again, we establish a lifestyle. We make sure that we're bringing quality uh, training and intensity of lifts every single time we train and that our nutrition is on point. And once that has been achieved and you want to start um, just adding a little cherry on top, then I think creatine is the best supplement to add to that. So hopefully that helps cover creatine, answer any questions you may have on that. If you do have any more questions, don't hesitate to shoot me an email or to DM me at LiftingLindsay on Instagram, and I'll be more than willing to help you out with that. 
Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to message me. You can go to liftinglindsay.com and sign up for optimized training. Let me do all of the thinking for you. Let me do all the planning. You just show up in the gym, work hard. Uh, I also have a wait list for coaching. I'm not taking on any new clients right now. I only work off of my wait list. So go to liftinglindsay.com and get on there. In the next two to three months, I will be opening up new spots for clients. 